Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman. Today is going to be a fun discussion. I'm going to share with you, ladies, seven tips on when you begin a relationship. And you can use this with when you're meeting, um, you move to a new area and you're meeting new people, such as new BFFs, or especially when you're starting a relationship with the opposite sex. And I have spent a lot of time talking with single women and coaching and, and um, counseling them, it seems like, probably for the last 20 years. But especially from a spiritual standpoint in the last 10 years. And I find that there are certain things that, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, that are certain behaviors and habits that you should exhibit in the beginning of a relationship. So, I want you to get your journal, get your Bible, and find that quiet place so that we can talk and you have a chance to reflect on the discussion. And definitely stay tuned as we're going to have some guests um, join us in the next couple of days, um, talking about some key subjects and hearing things that they've done um, to bring victory into their lives. So let's dig or dive, I should say, into um, how to begin a healthy relationship. Okay, so let's talk about what are the first things and I'm going to use when a woman meets a man. So this is really going to be key for single women and also for women that when you move to a new area, and you're meeting people maybe in your neighborhood or people at work. And I especially use this in a corporate sector, but we're going to do a different conversation about those as well. But this is really going to focus on um, single women meeting, uh, going on a first date with a man. So I have learned this because I have done it. I did it the wrong way for many years when I was single and when I was divorced and single, for whatever reason, I always thought that I wanted to be transparent from the very beginning to kind of let them know where I stood, what I kind of stood for. And I've realized now, and I realized after reflecting back, that I handled um, what I shared, how I shared in the dialogue, not necessarily in the right order. And I think I shared too much too soon. And I want to share with you tips that I really think will allow you to um, manage how the relationship progresses at a healthy pace and also allow you to receive more than in a, in a lot of cases, women, we're so used to being the gabbers and, the, and we're pulling data and sharing in many cases way too much too soon. So... Let's start with step one, not to share too much. So if someone asks you out for a date and you go out with this person, you know, it always goes to tell me about yourself. Let's not look at this as I've got to now share my whole life story from the beginning and give all of the way too much detail, similar to a job interview when they ask you the question of tell me something about yourself. Stick to where you are currently. Because to be honest, 
when you first meet someone, they haven't earned the right to know your inner workings of your family or what struggles you had as a youth. You're just on a first date. So people have to work and gain your trust to share this info. So what kind of info should you share when someone asks you, um, tell me about yourself? You should kind of share, you know what, I'm from, I'm from New York City. And I moved here, I'm, I'm making this up just to give you an example. And I moved here um, for a career move. And so I'm learning about this city. I've got a new job that I love. And I was looking to meet new people. And let's assume that you guys were on a date site. And so that's why I went on Match or whatever other site you may have been on. Or maybe you bumped into this person and say, you know, when I met you, you seem like someone that was interesting and that probably knew something about this town or whatever you found attractive about the person. Just don't say they looked good, but just say, you know, your smile, what could it be engaging or um, how you responded to me or the way you asked me out, whatever you found that was niche. And so I thought it would be great to get to know you. So here we are. You see where I haven't had to divulge anything deep. Make the person ask you the questions that they really want. Many times we share things that they probably may not have really been interested in, but they're being polite in listening to what you're willing to share. And in most cases, we're sharing way too much. So that's step one. Step two, how to take a compliment. Let's be for real. When you go out on a date, everybody kind of knows the habit and pleasantries. So when you meet Mr. Um, the Mr. that you're on the date with at the coffee shop or the restaurant or amusement park, wherever you are, if he is smart, he is going to give you a compliment. So ladies, receive the compliment. If someone says, Oh, you look so good in that color or that outfit. Say, oh, thank you so much. You know, it's it's a color that I really love myself or whatever. Please do not say, oh, thank you. You know, I need to lose 10 pounds or I could lose five pounds. Don't turn a compliment into a negative. Believe it or not, it's very unattractive. And now... Something this man has never maybe even thought of about you, you've now brought it to his attention. Oh, she says she's fat. And let's let's be for real, men process things differently than women. So he could be thinking in his mind, well, maybe she's wearing those things that hold you together. Maybe she knows that when she's naked, she's really fat. So what have you just done? You've given this man a a bad word because women come in all different sizes and we're voluptuous and we are sensuous. We don't use words such as fat. What is fat? That is definitely a negative word that you should never even ever use in your vocabulary. Even if you have weight to lose, you could say, you know what? I got too much fun on these hips or whatever you might want to use. But when we say the word fat about ourselves, it is such a negative word. So they might say, 
you have a beautiful smile. This isn't the time to say, oh, I need to get my teeth whitened. I think you get the point of what I'm saying. When someone gives you a compliment, receive it and thank them. Say, oh, thank you. I'm so glad you noticed that this color is good for me. I, I like it as well, but I'm glad that you like it. They, if they talk about your hair, whatever it may be. Oh, thank you. You know what? I, you know, what did my hair? You could make them even, you could even add that. Well, I'm glad you like it because I just got it done or washed it and hoped you like this hair length or whatever you want to make up. But be about being positive about who you are and how you present yourself. So whatever the compliment, you go with it and thank them and maybe give a compliment back. We'll say, oh, my color actually matches what you're wearing. So we are perfectly matched together, whatever it may come up with. You might want to say, I love that haircut. I love your jeans, whatever it is. These are pleasantries. So return the pleasantry that you feel is deemed worthy um, for this conversation. Okay. Uh, do not accept really, and some of you might, I think if you're meeting someone for the first time and someone says to you, oh, that dress really shaped those hips. That to me, and you call me old fashioned, you zeroed in on that the first time you meet me. Now, you might know you got great hips and that might be true. But when that's very personal for meeting someone and some of you are going to say, oh, Lisa, when you're meeting someone and you're just sitting down and if that's the first compliment that they give you. Now, they could say, oh, that dress is, is hugging you um, perfectly right. You know, I could take that. But when they zero into a body part, it kind of makes me think they are jumping ahead in the conversation. You could take this or leave this. Remember, this is advice. <laughs> so let's go to the third one. Leaving intrigue in the first date. One of the things I would definitely, which I've, I kind of said in the first point about sharing too much, you want to share enough to leave them intrigued to want to get to know you more. So if you, it goes back to whatever questions or whatever dialogue the two of you, it's not about being coy or evasive. But it's not about just throwing up your whole life on someone. And it is about leaving them intrigued with, you know, if they ask a question that would take you into a territory you're not comfortable with talking about at the time, you can always say, well, let's table this for another time in a different setting, you know, or after we get to know each other a little well, I would love to share that with you. Don't ever feel that someone's going, if someone's asking you questions and you don't feel comfortable answering, you need to have the confidence and assert your right to let them know, I'm not comfortable talking about this yet, considering we just met. I would like to learn more about you before moving on. Because that's your right. And you don't owe them to share every single thing about yourself that quickly. So the next one, let me go back to, um, I may jotted some notes here so I'll stay on track. 
don't, um, if, if the question comes up about when was the last time you dated someone or why did you and the person prior break up? Here's a nice little trap for you that women fall into. One, you can go into blaming it all on the other person. He cheated on me. He did this to me. He was abusive. Yada, yada, yada. Way too much information at this point. Um, so when was the last time I've been on a date? Um, that's up to you on the answer. But obviously, don't make it seem like it was like years ago, even if it was. And just you could always say to skirt the, um, you know, if, it, if it's that you haven't been on a date in years or a long time, you know, you don't want him to feel like, oh, he's doing you a favor. Um, you might just say, I'm, sure, I'm assuming you have friends and just say, I'm a fairly social person with my friends and just move it into that without getting into clarifying date or whatever, whatever. So when someone asks you, and this is again, first date, second date, um, it kind of depends on how much time you're spending on the phone with this person as well. You know, I've talked to people, they were like, well, we were on the phone talking for a month before we even went on our first date. Well, then you will align these kind of conversations um, the same way, but just via the phone or whatever chats that you're going through. It still comes down to those initial conversations. You want to take them slowly because you really want to listen and not jump into sharing too much. So in regards to your ex, you can always, always choose to be respectful or polite. Because number one, if your ex was a jerk and did all of this stuff that you're describing, you're also describing you. So you, it does not look well or doesn't fall well really on you initially if you, because the next question would be, well, do you find that, um, have you had other boyfriends like this? And then I've heard someone say, well, yeah, well, you know, Harry cheated on me. Oh, this one stole my money. Uh, what, are, what are you telling him? That you're not a woman that has good judgment on people, right? And that normally transfers into other areas. So you, if you had, you were in a relationship and it ended, you just state, you know, we grew apart or we definitely had different values. You can always size it up into that. And these are initial conversations. Remember, they haven't earned to know the details of your life yet. So those are ways that you could phrase um, that situation. Hopefully this makes sense for you. So also, next step. So we're on one, two, three, four, step five. This date is not confession time. Someone takes you out, buys you dinner, or spends any amount of money. It's not confession time. It's not them asking top 10, 20 questions of you like you're interviewing and you're just going through this drill of, you know, confessing all these different things about yourself. You know, someone asking too deep or personal questions that you're not comfortable answering, you don't answer. Again, 
you're both sizing each other up to see if this is even someone you want to go on a second date with. So why would you deep dive into so much information about making it confession and, well, tell me the, it's different if we're talking about travel, you know, tell me some place you've been that you really love. Okay, that's a, that's a very um, comfortable question. You know, asking me, um, you know, even what's the worst date you've been on? And I, you don't have to say worse. You can deal with it just wasn't an attraction. But you get to, those are questions you can answer. But when someone says, you know, what's the worst thing, traumatic thing that ever happened to you in your life? Um, you know, did your husband cheat on you when you were married? That's really none of their business. So that's why you could easily derail it and say, you know, I didn't come on the date to talk about my ex-husband. I came on this date to talk about um, something good, meeting someone new, something fun, not to base it on discussing in detail my old relationships that are behind me. They're exes for a reason or, you know, whatever it may be, confession about your job or how much you make, or what's your position, where you work, um, do you have a house, um, do you have stock, you see what I'm saying, you know, almost sizing you up to see, because sometimes I have talked with women, and it's almost they want to impress the guy, because they're somewhat desperate, and there's a shortage of good men. And so they want the men to be impressed. So guess what the things they start sharing? They start sharing that their house and that, oh, that they have a cabin at the lake, or that somehow they drive a Mercedes. They get into sharing things to kind of, in their mind, they want to qualify themselves in this man's mind. But you could be doing two things. So for an example, if I'm at dinner with, if I'm, I'm, obviously I'm married. I'm just using this as an example. If I'm a single woman who has a career and I'm going to dinner with someone in IT, obviously understanding what they do in IT, they get to talk about themselves. That's different than finding out how many years you've been doing this or, you know, are you in management or... Oh, are you up for a promotion? You know, or asking, I had a girlfriend of mine who was checking before she went on dates with men, was checking property records and all this kind of stuff. Now, this podcast is not about that, and I'm not going to get into whether you do that or you don't do that. I realize people do. But let the first date be enjoyable, Um and pursue more information so that each time you're going out with this person, you're learning more and more. And if you hit a roadblock that you realize based on what answers they've given that this person isn't right for you, then you don't feel cheated or that you shared too much or this person, you gave them personal details that you feel like maybe they um, are, will use it against you. And I'll use an example of a woman who shared with someone on a very early date that she'd had an abortion and that she had had more than one abortion. And she found in the relationship this person was somewhat abusive. 
And in an argument, the person um, called her womb a graveyard. And it was like, wow, she shared this information with someone not worthy, not not trustworthy enough to keep it. But not only that, they used it back to deface her, to shame her and to disrespect her. And this is why I would recommend this is not confession time. You have God for that. That is what your prayer time is for. That is what your journal is for. And it is not to that we're so hungry for company or companionship that when we meet someone, we just have to share all of this stuff with them. Like, finally, I can release this info on someone. Find a girlfriend. Find the Lord and share this in prayer. Okay. Also, lastly, in sharing all your hopes and dreams, you know, many times in relationships, you know, again, folks, you know, men and women size each other up on, oh, are you looking for marriage? Are you looking for to get engaged soon? Are you looking to have children right away? That's not a first date kind of question. Now, I understand if you're even though your clock is ticking and all of that kind of stuff, I do think it. And when you go on a first date, you don't need the person to tell you if they see you in what perspective in the future, because they're really going to just make up whatever you want. They think that might make this if they want to date, go on another date with you. They're going to say what will lead you to think that. But be for real. If you're on a first date and you've had a couple of conversations with someone, no one is in a position to talk about hopes and dreams and exclusivity and all of this stuff in the first date or two. Because you don't know, again, if this person is worthy of you spending your time and for you taking yourself, we'll call it off the market for this hopeful. So I call it that in a relationship, we need to drip. And when I say drip, we need to drip information as needed versus giving out so much more than we need to share. And we need to use wisdom and never feel that if you don't have women or in your life that you can share um, some of, you know, bounce thoughts off of friends of what you find attractive about a person and what you may have questions about. Because girlfriends, BFFs will also tell you, hmm, they said that, don't do this thing alone. And so many women, oh, well, I can't introduce anybody to my, the guy I'm dating. Either the, the other women are jealous or maybe she'll take the guy. You don't have to necessarily physically introduce the guy to your girlfriends yet. Okay, but what you can do is give examples. And I hope you have a close enough friend that you trust. And if not, then you find an older woman who's married and wise and seasoned and sit with her and buy her coffee and tell her about your relate the relationship, what you're looking for, et cetera, et cetera. That is going to help you feel confident. But she'll also give you the questions that you may be uncomfortable asking, that she may give help give you 
that um, esteem to know that, no, you should ask this. And I think in, a, in many cases, we spend too much time just trusting what we think or based on our past experiences. And if our past experiences have not been healthy relationships, then we're bringing some of those unhealthy decisions into a new relationship. And lastly, before you start dating someone new or engaging in, in a relationship, you need to check yourself for soul ties. Soul ties meaning that still holding on to another relationship, still, you know, wishing and dreaming that someone else or still feeling depressed and stressed about someone else. Yes, it's true. I, I tried this and it didn't work for me. Um, you try to forget someone with someone new. That doesn't work if, if you were in a very deep um, personal, intimate relationship with someone, it doesn't go away that easily. So I would first, um, you know, like I have a course that women can go through to break soul ties um, that's going to be rolling out or working with a coach. Um, I've worked with women in kind of breaking those type of um, soul ties so that you are free of insecurities, of doubts, of shame, um, of areas in your life before you venture into a, re a health uh, relationship. Because think about what you're bringing to this person. You're bringing, dragging all these bags of pain, worry to this new relationship and ask yourself, do you really think it would work? And I've seen women who... They try to date men with money because they don't have any money and they want someone who could buy them and treat them and do all this kind of stuff. And they wind up in this spiral of shame because what they're willing to do to get this one and how men treat them and because you allow yourself to be a victim. So before you pursue a healthy relationship, pursue friends um, and being what I call being social, hanging out with girlfriends or hanging out with people and, and making sure they know that you're in friend mode. And even some guys will know you're in, in friend mode and they'll want to have a relationship, even know that you're coming out of a bad relationship. But if they really care about you, then you'll be able to express to them that I'm not in a good place to be personal or to get intimate with someone right now. I'm in a great place to be a friend. And I know that obviously this situation isn't forever, but I would be doing you a disservice to try to jump in a relationship with you because I would be bringing all of these deep-seated emotions that have surfaced or disappointment or the feelings of failure into this relationship, and that wouldn't be fair. So I hope that these tips will help you um, in your relationships um, as you go forward and, and meet people, try to put yourself in a position to always that if it ends at any point that you feel comfortable and don't feel that if you see the person, oh, I got to go the other way, um, you know, I shared too much or worry about them sharing it um, in other ways. And here's one bonus tip. Try not to date people you work with. 
because for one, if the relationship goes, if the relationship goes south, make sure that this is not just, well, he looks cute, you know, yada, yada. If you work like closely together, you know, remember this has to be like love because who someone, and it normally is the woman, because men always get patted on the back for being involved with women at the job, but women get labeled something totally different. And if you believe behind closed doors that they're not talking about things about you, then you're not being realistic. I have been in um, planning HR planning meetings on employees and I've heard way more um, things about people's intimate life and who's dating who and who did what and she dated this three guys and blah, blah, blah. And the women were always, and these were executive or management women, always painted in the wrong light. So it's one thing within the company, but within your department, um, because what happens if you break up? Are you going to want to go to that job and see this person that whether for whatever reason you broke up for, it, that is a very uncomfortable situation. And it's going to be more uncomfortable for you than him. So I've seen women leave jobs because of a relationship. And I always say, when I was single and working in corporate America, I don't let men play with my money at the workplace. And people, my bosses and always, everybody said, oh, Lisa, you know, folks even asked me one time, was I gay? Because I wasn't dating any men in the job. And I said, I'm single. I can date a man anywhere I want. I don't have to choose to date someone at the job. You don't, to me, I don't play games with my cash. So I need to be able to come into this job and have peace of mind, get my work done and continue to get my check. I don't want to be coming in here and dealing with drama and gossip in regards to my business life. I was a single mom with three kids that were dependent on me and I didn't have time to worry about a relationship in the workplace. Now, am I saying that it, I never had a relationship, but they were always someone in a different division and a different state that really didn't apply to my in-office daily work. So if you're going to do something with someone in the same company, make sure they're in another office, another division, somebody that you might see them once a year at a national kind of company function, but not in your daily life day to day. Okay. And if you can avoid it at your workplace, definitely. But I know we all spend a lot of time at work and it's likely that um, relationships could happen in the workplace. And definitely one last bonus of what to avoid. Ladies, don't get involved with a, a man, a married man in your job. Another area where you will be finding a job. And I have seen I have seen folks leave wives and stay um, with women, but we are, this is Christian warrior woman. This isn't, um, you know, housewives of one of these reality shows. So as Christian women, we can find a married man attractive because we see him. But if you find yourself um, gaining traction or gaining any attraction to someone who you know is married, 
and you could be a married woman having these same feelings as well. You need to be put on your big girl pants and recognize what's going on. And in your prayer time, truly pray and truly put yourself in a position to not sit there imagining yourself with this person or wishing your husband was more like this person or wishing your boyfriend was more like this person. Don't let the enemy confuse you, manipulate you and lead you into sin. We never truly know who someone is that we see at the workplace in their personal life. Because many of us managed our careers as a brand and what we show at work may not be who we are when we leave work. Okay, so I hope these tips and this conversation will be fun. I'd love you to leave a a comment or um, leave me questions that you'd like me to answer. You can find um, me on Facebook at Christian Warrior Woman. And you can also message me here. You can leave a voicemail and you could also write a message. So definitely I look forward to getting your questions and they have been fun to receive in the comments. So I look forward to um, talking and sharing them online and answering those for you. So God bless and it is the weekend. So I pray that everyone has possibly a healthy date this weekend, or that you meet someone who provides the perfect example for you to use these tips on in going forward. So to new relationships and ladies, you've got to get out the house and not hope that they're going to find you in the house. Get out with girlfriends, find something you love to do, be active and let a man or future best friends meet you doing the things that you love. God bless you and talk to you soon.